Do you manage female athletes that could be suffering from a stress fracture? Do you know about red S or relative energy deficiency in sport? Do you know what sports could contribute to a high risk of it occurring? Do you ask your female patients uncomfortable questions about their periods when they present with a condition that you suspect is a stress fracture? If not, listen on. So in this week's research review, I'm looking at the Mountjoy articles the, uh, on relative energy deficiency in sport, um, the update for the International Olympic Committee uh, in 2014 and the 2018 update. And what relative energy um, deficiency in sport really is in a nutshell is when energy availability through food that um, the athlete eats uh, does not meet the energy requirement. So literally the, the energy required for the amount of activity they're doing. And at which point this results in a series of negative impacts on the body, simply because the body starts shutting down um, other functions that it could be doing. And the biggest one for female athletes is menstrual function. So when they have uh, impaired periods, also called amenorrhea or functional hypothalamic amenorrhea, uh, and they're not producing normal sort of hormones associated with that menstrual cycle, uh, they end up with uh, one of the effects being uh, bone, uh, a lower bone mineral density or a change to uh, bone turnover. It also has a bunch of other uh, impacts as well. We can see decreased endurance strength, we can see increased injury risk, we see decreased training response, impaired judgment, decreased coordination, concentration, irritability, depression, all come from the impact of just not having enough energy available to meet current demands. And so the biggest sort of thing that we see um, come along with this is that they're no longer getting their periods um, due to that um, lack of energy availability. The big thing about and why this is incredibly important to know is because when you have especially uh, athletes, but really sort of any um, younger female that presents with uh, a potential stress fracture or, or bone injury, we have to be aware that this could be going on in the background and it's quite a serious um, condition that if missed can lead to a lot more higher risk stress fractures down the road, um, a um, future of low bone mineral density because this is a really, generally when this occurs more in between um, puberty and uh, when, when they're going to menopause during that period, that a lot of that is a big period of time where um, we need to maintain bone mineral density uh, and develop it. So having changes to hormones during that period is, is really problematic. Now, um, functional hypothalamic amenorrhea, the relative energy deficiency in sport, and I guess the other thing to flag is this used to be called the female athlete triad, can occur incidentally. So there's lots of times with endurance sports, people where they're doing lots of activity that they can end up just not eating enough. And it's definitely happened before and I've definitely seen patients do it. But a big concern is going to be patients, and this is more common, who have uh, an eating disorder or disordered eating. And so really disordered eating is, is a spectrum of, of people with abnormal eating habits. And like any spectrum, lots of people can fall at different points on that spectrum, all the way from being sort of normal, quite normal healthy eating behaviors through to issues with self-image, actual an eating disorder, a diagnosable um, mental health condition. The difficulty is, is that an eating disorder is a um, 
diagnosable and clear, but less common condition. It's, it's in the DSM, um, so the Diagnostic um, Manual for um, Psychological Conditions. But most people who fall in the FHA range and have those issues just have disordered eating. And it's the combination of disordered eating, so they're, they're um, having um, issues um, with um, eating larger amounts or eating the, for their requirements, and their requirements have increased because they're participating in sport. And really DE or disordered eating is more common because it encompasses a bunch of behaviors uh, that could be considered normal. So skipping breakfast a couple of days a week, you know, going out and just not eating as much because oh, I'm just not feeling as hungry. But it really can be quite insidious because often there's a lot of weight related sports, aesthetic sports, even sports like running. So we think about the Nike saga, um, but um, aesthetic sports, we think, you know, gymnastics, diving, um, we think about weight related sports. So um, anything boxing, um, kickboxing, MMA, uh, those are sports where you have to actually meet a, a, a weight target. All of these sports run risk because weight is such a, a big important part of it. And where people can often develop disordered eating involved with sport is simply because they have to, as part of the sport, they're required to meet weight related goals and therefore can develop body image issues um, and issues with how much they eat in their relationship with food based on the environment. And this could be from coaches, it could be from other staff, it could be quite incidental in terms of just like the way that they're judged. So thinking about gymnastics, um, there's a lot more judgment from uh, potentially judges as well as um, from just the crowd about someone who might be slightly heavier or slightly have a little bit more weight. And it's usually um, actually beyond what is normal. So we're sort of holding these athletes to a higher standard than what is actually a normal amount of um, you know, weight. So we have to be very, very careful when we're seeing athletes and why this is so important is that this could be happening a lot in the background and it can be going on for a very long period of time. And when they present to us with a stress fracture, this might be not something that's quite new, um, that they've been having, um, you know, a lack of periods for a period of time and it can also be hidden so we're thinking about uh, patients who are potentially quite young so haven't actually reached a point where they were having um, a, a normal menstrual function uh, and they don't develop it because um, they were uh, not having enough energy for it to naturally occur and so that can be a problem and that can be quite often missed we also see issues with contraception. So lots of women will have some form of contraception which reduces uh, their periods. And therefore it can be quite easy to then, for them not to even notice that something is wrong. The thing we also have to be aware of is that there's lots of patients who will come in with this in the background that might not be something that they're presenting for or um, is something that's a problem just yet, but there's in a lot of these sort of sports where there is a weight related focus or an aesthetic related focus, we often you know, have a lot of psychological components behind that with coach commenting on weight, regular weigh-in. We saw with the Nike scandal that um, there was just a coach focus on keeping weight really, really low because they just thought that was 
what you had to do. To be faster, you had to be lighter, when really what we're seeing is the other way around be true, is that when we have relative energy deficiency in sport, we also see decreased endurance, decreased strength, increased injury risk, decreased training response. So the response that they're getting from working hard isn't resulting in them getting a lot stronger. So these are all, all things that we've got to be aware can be occurring in our athletes in the background. And when we start to see potential red flags, so this could also be, you know, you might not be at a point of a stress fracture, but someone turns up and they're, they're having an increased risk of injuries or coming in with constant injuries. They're not getting where they need to go in their rehab. These are all sort of things where we might want to start asking those questions about, um, you know, normal menstrual function. That's often an easier way in to talk about it, saying, oh, look, you know, we just know, we just want to assess your overall health. You know, can I ask some of these sensitive, potentially sensitive questions about your, your period? And this can start to open the door when, you know, rather than asking, how much do you eat? Uh, especially when there's potential for those psychological components to be present. So really why I thought this in paper is important to, to bring up, and I think it's well worth a read because it goes into a lot more in-depth uh, understanding of the condition, its rehab, and how we start to um, help patients, identify patients, and then help them back to, to, to performance, is really that we need to be aware, even if as, as an allied health practitioner, we're not managing it, we have to be aware that it's there, uh, and that many patients are aware that it can occur, let alone that it's occurring, that when we see stress fractures, um, we should be absolutely on top of this and, and keeping this in the back of our mind. And we also have to be looking at the type of sports, whether people have gone through re recent weight losses, their menstrual function, all these other factors that can occur with relative energy deficiency in sport. And then if we start to see them, that's when we, we know that we might have to be referring on and we should be considering it as part of our overall management.